Welcome to the Half Hill Report. News and items of interest for and about the village of Half Hill, the Valley of the Four Winds, Pandaria, and all of Azeroth. Half Hill Report is produced in cooperation with Half Hill Agricultural College, dedicated to serving the educational needs of the greater Valley of the Four Winds community. I'm your host, Tosh Mufuni, and today we have a very unique and special episode in store for you. Regular listeners to the show will be familiar with the name and the voice of Professor Talib, my faculty advisor here at Half Hill Ag. But other than her name, how much about her do any of us really know? Well, turns out, not very much. Well, we're going to address that today because she recently sat down with me in the studio for an extended interview that I hope you all enjoy as much as we did. So, Professor, it is so great to have you here in the studio. You've been here before, obviously, but never for anything like this. So, welcome. Well, thank you. I'm happy to be here. I I hope you're as excited about this as I am. Probably not quite as excited. Oh, uh, okay. All right. Um, Well, we'll try and have fun anyway. So, Professor... You have been my faculty advisor now for three years, right? Three years? I believe so. Three years. By the way, how how am I doing? Am I am I doing okay? Do you think I'm gonna graduate, complete this program? What what do you what do you think? Is that why you invited me here? <laughs> no. Well, not not entirely, no. But but I, I was just curious. If you'd rather not give me any feedback here, I completely understand. I just, I, I, I thought I would ask. I'm pleased you understand that. Oh, dear. Okay. All right. Well, moving on from that. Like I said, you've been my faculty advisor for three years. We have traveled together. We have had adventures together. Uh, we have explored, uh, you know, parts of Azeroth together. But I don't really feel like I've ever gotten the time taken the time to get to know you, to get to know you as a person, as opposed to just my faculty advisor. So I thought we would take today, and for me and for all of our listeners out there, for whom you have been a name, a voice, uh, to to get to know you, to get to know Talib, aside from the professor. So uh, you're comfortable with that, right? I mean, I know you didn't want to tell me how I'm doing, but you're comfortable with that conversation. Yes, yes, I am. Okay, great. So probably the best way to start to get to know you is tell me, tell our listeners a little about yourself. I mean, where are you? Where, where are you from in Pandaria? Tell us a little bit about your early life. Well, I was born in One Keg, which you may know as a little place up in Kunlai Summit, uh, just kind of a stop along the trail. But it was a wonderful place to grow up. My sister Skyrider and I had a wonderful childhood. Um, there were so many people, so many adventurers, and so many traders who passed through that we really had a chance to learn about the bigger world. And I certainly developed a curiosity to see more of it and learn more about the world. So that's really interesting. You grew up around Grummels. Yes, yes, I did. In fact, uh, Trader Big Sal, no, I. 
uh, actually Uncle Cloverleaf, who takes care of the yaks, yes, was one of my favorite people to talk to. I spent a lot of time um, hanging out with him and helping with the yaks, and also with Brother Furtrim, who helps him there. And they both had interesting stories to tell about their days as traders. So that that sounds like it really opened, like you mentioned, I mean, that opened you up to the wider world. Uh, did, did it develop a curiosity for you of like, I, I want to go see that? I want to go experience that? Absolutely. Yes, it, that's exactly what um, I think made us different from many children who grow up in very small, isolated places, which one cake certainly is, uh, is that we had all of this exposure to the people passing through. And as they told tales around the campfire and and just just to us, because we asked them questions, we pestered them with questions. <laughs> <laughs> We had a chance to, to, you know, to hear about all these exotic and mysterious sounding places. And as soon as we were old enough, we we both went out into the world. That's amazing. So now you you mentioned you mentioned a sister, Skyrider. Yes, Skyrider. Um, she actually married a Volpera and lives in Valdun right now. Oh my goodness! Really. Yes, I was able to visit her when I was uh, doing research in Stormwind. That's amazing. How is Storm how, that? Wow, that is that is so exciting. That's really that younger, older. Younger. She's the she's the younger then. She's the younger sister, and, and just, just the two, the two of, of you. us, mm-hmm. and just and no other children in the village at that time. So, so we were treated very well. We had a very happy childhood. So it really does take a village. I believe it does. That's that is that is amazing. So that you've talked uh, a little about uh, about your growing up, and I had no idea. By the way, I, I, I over the course of three years, I've never even asked that question. I'm so glad I did. I think that's amazing that you come from such a small town, from such a small village, and have have obviously progressed to to where you are. Um. Other relationships in your life, uh, children, partners, anything along those lines? I am not married, and I have no children, and we'll just leave that at that. Fair enough. We'll put that in the same file with how I'm doing, and then we'll just set that aside. <laughs> Good idea. So you grew up in one keg in Kunlai Summit, and yet here you are, a uh, a professor at Half Hill Ag. Tell us about what happened between One Keg and Half Hill. You, where did you go to school? Where did you, where, where did this come from? Well, that was the first thing I wanted to do was to go to a school. And I had decided after talking to all of these adventurers and seeing all the wonderful goods that came through, um, our, our village, that I wanted to be an engineer and make things. I was always interested in, in technology. My, actually, my first major was in mechatronics. I, I, I'm sorry. Say that again. What was that? Mechatronics. Now, come on. You're, you're making that up. I've never heard of that. What is that? Well, it's a blend of mechanical and electronic engineering so that you can make a lot of 
useful and interesting things. And Nomaragon Tech, this was something they specialized in? Or or did you yes. go create your own degree program, kind of like you and I are doing? They, they had a structure that allowed me to blend a couple of things. So I guess you could say I created my own. Now that's I, I, I we're going to spend some time talking about this because now your specialty area of research. Well, I'm not going to repeat it. You you for the for the audience and those that don't know, what is your current area of research? Uh, my current area of research over the last few years has been the technology of agriculture in various parts of Azeroth. Okay. The way I got from there to here was that that when I kind of got involved in the nuts and bolts of engineering, I really discovered that, that what I really wanted to look at was the relationship between people and their tools, between people and their technology and the effect that the technology had on their lives. And agricultural technology seemed a perfect place to do that. So I got interested in that. Uh, by the time I'd graduated from Nomoran Tech. So, okay. So I, I, I have to ask this question. It's a, it's a little out of order, but so you had this degree in Mechatronica and did I say that right? Mechatronica? Um, me- mechatronics. Mechatronics. Okay. I'm sorry. Mechatronics, not Mechatronica. Okay. No. So you get this degree in Mechotechnica and um, you, did you, did I get that wrong again? Mechatronics. 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 Okay. I got it right. So you get, you, you get a degree in what you had to, and an interest in the relationship between, between people and their tools what must you have thought? Did you go to, did you go to, um, uh, oh gosh, the island where all the mechanomes were? Uh, yes, I visited there many times. Well, well, that has to be the ultimate relationship. Between, <laughs> between, I mean, they, they, the, the people were their tools. Yes. Yes, they are their tools. Yes, indeed. What did you gather from that? I haven't had the opportunity to study that particular culture in depth, although it is something that I would like to do. Um, I am fascinated by that that ultimate um, use of mechanical parts to, quote unquote, improve the the basic gnome or I presume other races, uh, as Rizak is interested in. Um, but I haven't had time to, st- I haven't had enough time there to really want to comment on any kind of conclusions there. Ask me that again in a few years. Ask you in a few years. So you don't have any feelings about this, um, let's say, less than voluntary uh, approach that uh, that the king there was was going to take well the politics are one thing uh, and the technology is another and I, I try to separate my personal opinions from my studies 
So the technology is fascinating, the politics reprehensible. Ah, okay. All right. We try not to get too much into politics on this show, so we'll we'll just move on from there. Good idea. So where is so um you got your degree from Nomaragon Tech. You quickly discovered that you're not you're not really the nuts and bolts type of individual. Uh so so how do you get from there from megalomania to Techno- Did I pronounce that right? I'm, I keep getting that wrong. Mechatronics. Mechatronics. Okay. I'm sorry. I think megalomania is something completely different, isn't it? Completely. I don't think that's even close. Anyway, so w- 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 take us on the path from Nomaragon Tech to your area of research at Half Hill Ag. After I finished at Nomaran Tech, I applied to a graduate program at Thurmwind University, and I actually majored there in cultural anthropology because that's the, the branch of, of um, academics that studies the relationship between technology and humans. And so that, that was a good fit for me. And because I was interested in agriculture, I was able to do research quite local to Stormwind. I started out in Elwyn Forest. There's actually a lot of agriculture that goes on in Elwyn Forest, and they use particular technologies to do it. I also did a project in Duskwood, but that wasn't very fruitful, really. (laughs) I don't imagine it was. Um, My most recent work's in Stormsong Valley, but that's, of course, as I say, recent. And... I I wound up with a teaching position at Half Hill because I, I wanted to come back to Pandaria to live, and I was delighted when that position opened up. It does, of course, give me the opportunity to travel all over the world and study what I am interested in studying. So you... Obviously, you said you wanted to come back to Pandaria. Um, probably not a lot of job opportunity for you back at One Keg, right? Was that so? There was never any thought of just going back to One Keg and doing what they do there. No, no. Although I'm happy to be close to One Keg, it's a, just a short kite flight away, and so I can visit my parents who still live there. Ah, oh, oh! I was going to ask. You know, I, I didn't ask. Are you, you, so your parents are still around, and they, they, what do they think about the path your life has taken? They are very proud of me. Um, they were kind of skeptical at first, but um, now they are very proud of me. Skeptical. What? What did they? Uh, what? What did they want you? Did they want you to go into the trading business in one keg? What? Where did they want you to go? Well, they thought I should get married and have lots of little cubs running around. Oh, okay. So they didn't really have any professional ambitions for you at all. No, they did not. Oh, so, but, but, but they're proud of you now. Yes. They, they, they hoped that I would find a nice engineer and get married when I was at Nomoregan. Oh, I see. So that's how, why they supported you going to school. Yes, mm-hmm. that's why they were willing because it was sort of a husband hunting expedition. 
Oh, I understand. I understand. Yes. Okay. Well, yes. I'm glad they're proud of you now and that all that all worked out and they're still there. And, and uh, you know how close I am to my parents and, and it's, you know, it's wonderful to hear that, uh, that you are, you know, that you still have yours and you're able to go back and visit them. Yeah, I just wanted to mention one more thing about uh, yes. teaching at Half Hill, um, in addition to the interesting students that I encounter, um, is that I'm currently an associate professor. And after my book on the agriculture in Stormsong Valley next year, I hope that I will be promoted to full professor. Oh, I didn't realize that you weren't a full professor. No, it takes a while to get there. Wow. Well, that doesn't make any difference. I mean, it doesn't make any difference to me, but I mean, that doesn't change. Like you're my faculty advisor. That doesn't like, do I get a degree or do, because you're an associate professor, I just get an associate's degree. I don't understand how that works. (laughs) No, you you will get a regular degree. You are in no danger. There's relatively little difference between an associate professor and a full professor other than status and salary. Okay. All right. Well, good luck with making full professor. And I don't know, you saw how sneaky, uh, sneakily I did that. It does sound like you sort of hinted at the fact that I am going to graduate. It's very possible. Ah, that's as much as I'm going to get. Oh, gee whiz. Okay. Um, <clears throat> there are obviously other universities out there. Uh, our own Mighty Mighty Mushans play them on a regular basis. You hear our sports reporter, Jan Ironchin, report on them. Um, was there something, other than just coming back to Pandaria, was there something specific that drew you to Half-Hill Ag? I mean, because I'm sure you had a lot of options available to you. There were several positions available to apply for, uh, which I applied for, all of them that were available. Um but when I had an option, I, I chose to come back to Pandaria. Oh, that's because, great. So yeah, that was, yeah, now I think that's pretty much, pretty much your only choice here in Pandaria is half the lag. Yes. Yes, Okay. It is. Yes. Unlike and, my sister who, who went off into the wilds. How, how does she like Voldoon? Uh, that's that's got to be a really interesting place to live. I mean, not a lot of, I mean, I, I have a hard time picturing a Pandaren in the desert. Well, she says it does get kind of warm, and <laughs> she wishes she could take her fur coat off. Um, <laughs> but she she likes it a lot, and she and her husband are very happy. That's wonderful. That's yes. wonderful. Um, how you know? I, it's funny. I don't know this. How long have you lived in Halfell now? Ten years. It really has it been that long? Yes. My goodness. Okay. And you and I have just known each other, the three, so I, I wasn't exactly sure. And you've lived, now it, it sounds like you've lived a fair number of, pl- of places outside of One Keg and Half Hill. Uh, I think you mentioned you were at Stormwind, at Nomaragun Tech. Uh, how, do you, how do you compare life in our little village, our little corner of Azeroth to other places? where you grew up and other places you've lived and experienced. I mean, we've got a pretty slow pace of life here. Yes, yes, we do. And I, I really enjoy that. Um, it's a good place to, you know, as you know, I go other places to do most of my research. And although I have done some research here in the 
Valley of the Four Winds. Uh, but, you know, if I go off and I'm very busy doing the research and then I can come back to Pandaria and sort of take a deep breath and settle down and it's a great place to write. As I mentioned earlier, I've just finished a book on um, agriculture in Stormsong Valley and it was it's a wonderful place to be able to write. So we're going to, I know because we talked a little bit before the show and you wanted definitely to talk about talk about your book and we're going to, and we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that more. Um, how does, so you've been discussing, you've been uh, researching agriculture, of course, Valley of the Four Winds, Breadbasket of Pandaria, uh, some of the most fertile soil anywhere in Azeroth, as far as I'm concerned, how do we stack up, you know, in, in terms of uh, our agricultural Technology, of course, we have it on the small scale here in in Half Hill uh, our, ourselves with Sunsong Ranch, uh, the Heartland just north of us, uh, you know, Pangstead, and those areas out to the east. How how do we stack up? I'm unclear about what you mean by stack up. My Com- word compar- is, comparatively, well, comparatively, but not, uh, but I I don't rank cultures. In you know I don't develop any kind of hierarchy for them. Um, the agriculture here in Pandaria in, in the Valley of the Four Winds is so very productive. Um, it supports not only, as you said, all of the the people of Pandaria, but a great many vermin as well. <laughs> yes, that is that is a problem. It, it, it's funny. I would have thought you would have come up, you know, given your area of research, you would have come up with an idea for handling that, but apparently not. Uh, no. Um, I mostly just study what people have come up with on their own. And um, of course the emphasis is on how the technology affects their lives. Oh, rather than, than the, well, I touch on the development of technology. I'm more interested in the other direction. Okay. Oh, I did. I didn't offend with what I said about not coming up with something to deal with the vermin. I, no, I didn't offend no. you. No. Whew. Okay. Good. All right. Because <laughs> I still, I still haven't got my grades for this semester. I got a little worried there for a second. I may have uh, offended you. So your, so your research is not really into. Uh, it's. It's. I wouldn't call it like the applied sciences. No. Oh, no. All right. It's more theoretical. I am interested in social change and how technology affects, as I say, the way people live their lives. Okay. So let's, let's get into your book. Let, let's take a couple of minutes talking to your book. Your book is coming out. uh, What is the title again? We haven't settled on a title yet. We are still considering several options okay is there a working title or what how you mentioned it before for the for our audience's benefit mention again what the book is about well i've been referring to it as agriculture in stormsong valley but that really isn't the title it's just the sort of a description perfect so uh and i'm assuming that's going to be out and available for purchase sometime in the near future uh, it should be in the fall. We're still in the editing process, which is why, and and there will have to be the a review process as well. And so I'm not ready to comment in 
much detail about my findings on that project yet. Ah, okay. But, but by the it way, will don't... be coming out in the fall, and I hope okay. that that people who are interested in the topic will look for it. Okay, but I one recommendation I would mention to you, I would be very cautious about talking about this around Rizak because I have a feeling he'd want to somehow plug himself into your distribution <laughs> network. You know, Rizak. I mean, you've met him. We've traveled together. Yeah, that sounds like very good advice. Thank okay, you. good. Okay, good. So you did the you did your research in Stormsong Valley. I mean, I I talked about it on the show a number of times uh, that that's where you were. Um, and I know you don't want to talk about your findings in the book, but what were your tell us about your? I recall you really loving Stormsong Valley. Uh, what were your experiences there like? Oh, it, it's such a beautiful place and so reminiscent of Pandaria in many ways. Um, and, you know, similar sorts of technologies. Uh, my favorite part of that research was the, the honeybee farm. Um, I really loved getting to know how the farmers had tamed the bees and, um, and, you know, made use of the honey in various ways. And, you know, you've been getting to know the bees a little. In fact, I was actually able to ride a one of the larger honey bees, which is quite an experience, oh, different than many other mounts. Really? So you they got big enough for a Pandaren to ride? They did. They do. They have bees that are that big. Okay, that's terrifying. I'll have to show you sometime. <laughs> a drawing will more than suffice. Thank you. I'm not sure I want to be around a bee that size. That's uh, that's uh, you know something about a bee bigger than me. I have a feeling that stinger is uh, it's a little intimidating looking. Uh, they're very docile and cooperative, and, and they happily take you wherever you want to go. Oh, okay, so you still have that then? That that's yes, uh, the, yes, that's I do. that. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, I, you know what? I think I'll stick to kites. They're safe. I'm, I'm more than happy. Just, you know, a, a kite, if it gets in a bad mood, worst it's going to do is drop me from the sky, not drop me from the sky and then sting me on the way down. So, <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm, I'm glad you had those wonderful experiences in Stormsong Valley. I, I remember uh, getting correspondence from you and talking about it on the show. I'm so glad you had that wonderful experience. And I'm sure our audience will be looking forward to uh, when your book becomes available. I, I know I certainly will. Heck, it'll probably be assigned reading. Um, so <laughs> it probably will. Probably will be. I kind of figured. So today, um, so. First of all, thank you so much uh, for being so transparent about your past uh, and your um, uh, and your getting your undergraduate degree in uh, Technoconica, te me Mechanica, whatever it was called. Uh, say it again, just one more time, because I can't get it right. Mechatronics. Mechatronics. Okay, uh, and then taking us all the way to today, where you have this, you know, exciting new publication coming out that I'm sure all of our listeners are going to be looking forward to reading. And that, that brings us to today. And uh, of course, uh, everyone in Azeroth knows what is going on in that scary place out there, the Shadowlands. Uh, and uh, first of all, you've, you've been, I'm assuming, 
I, I have not. But I, you, you, you've been? Yes, I've been several times. I've made several trips there. Wow. That's a, you know, we've heard from Jean. We've heard from Rijak. We've heard the horrific stories from Eamon uh, about uh, the Maw and Torghast and, of course, Velmic. Uh, and his cousin Demesis and, and Tilly had their experiences, have had their experiences in the Shadowlands uh, and their various motivations for going there. For you as as uh, as an academician and particularly specializing in your area of uh, technology and agriculture, what motivated you to leave this mortal plane and go to the Shadowlands? Well, it's there. How could I not go? <laughs> it's it's there. Well, well, no, no, that's what you say about Mount Everest and Kunlai Summit. It's there. I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> this seems a little, I, I'm not sure that that's a fair comparison. So just, just curiosity, just what? Yes, curiosity. I mean, that's what's motivated me from the very beginning, as I told you from my childhood experiences. Um, I went off to see what sorts of research possibilities might be available in the Shadowlands. So I, I, can you can you talk about that a little bit about your experiences and what you found with I know you've been hesitant to talk about the findings uh of you know oh I guess your book I'm sorry your book is about Stormsong Valley never mind is are, is any of your book going to contain anything about the Shadowlands or is it going to be exclusive to Stormsong Valley exclusive to Stormsong Valley it will be years before I have anything ready from the Shadowlands okay well <clears throat> hopefully then uh, do you feel comfortable talking about some of your experiences in the Shadowlands and and what you have found it, from the standpoint of your particular area of expertise. Yes, um, I am happy to talk about that. Um, as I said, I, I went to look around for possibilities, and it actually turns out not to be a very good place for my sort of research. No <laughs> um, kidding. That is, at least, it, I mean, certainly the area of technology fits anywhere, but technology and agriculture, not so much in the Shadowlands. Um because they have in the past not had very many beings there who needed to be fed. They have not developed many forms of agriculture. Um, oh, that's a good point. Yeah. In fact, it's, it's, they're not terribly concerned with creature comforts much at all. You know, Pandaria is a wonderful place for hot soup and tea and sitting by the fire and that sort of thing. Well, Shadowlands overall is just kind of the opposite of that. Uh, in fact, there are, there are very few beds in the Shadowlands. You know, I think, Velmic, I, th I think Velmic has actually mentioned that. Yes, well, he's right. There are inns and there are places for people to gather, either in small groups or large groups. Um, but there's no place to sleep. <laughs> wow. Because I, I understand that the, the denizens of that place don't have much need for sleep. So no beds. So that whole saying about I'll sleep when I'm dead, just <laughs> no applicability there at all? Nope. Nope, I think people should forget about that. Wow. Okay. So we really should get as much rest now, I think is what you're saying. <laughs> yes. If you want rest, you should do it now. You're not going to get it in the Shadowlands. 
Wow. Okay. That's a good piece of information to have. I got to, I got to start getting some more sleep. <laughs> um, now, now you said that they're not much into creature comforts, but stories have come back to half hell, uh, about the, what I would call the somewhat sumptuous lifestyle of the Venthyr. Are they kind of an exception? Well, I guess it depends on what you mean by sumptuous. Um, they they certainly dress well. I I think that their uh, style of clothing is among the most attractive I've seen anywhere in in the whole in in that world and also in Azeroth. They they dress extremely well. But other than that, there are. Not not very many places I would call luxurious. There's ah. relatively little furniture, sparse kind of food. Not not your typical. Uh, certainly, nothing like Suramar. Nothing like that at all. Ah, I see. Okay. It's like if you took Suramar and stripped away ninety percent of the luxuries you would have Revendreth. Wow. Wow, that's really quite something. Okay, so not uh, other so they're they're very fashionable, but as a whole the Shadowlands not really designed for the the comfort of uh of uh, mortals. corporeal beings as it were. Yeah, corporeal. Yes. They call us mortals there. Mortals. Okay. So so if people are traveling to the Shadowlands I mean, is there just no food available? Do people just need to bring everything they need, or is there stuff available there? Well, you would probably want to bring some stuff, but there's actually quite a lot of things available. There's an organization, a somewhat mysterious organization, called the Brokers, who appear to be in charge of importing much of the goods that we can find in the Shadowlands, and they have an excellent distribution network that they've managed to spread things out across the whole realm. Um, and so it's not too hard to find food or um, weapon repair or any of those things that you might need. Just a bed. Just don't go looking for a bed. Okay, so that so that's your big observation. That's my takeaway is that there's food available. There's places to sit. There's places to gather. And by the way, Rijak, uh, Rijak has talked rather extensively about those uh, those organizations. Uh, he seems to feel like they're up to anything shady. Did or they, they feels like they're maybe they got some sort of hidden agenda? Did did you have any thoughts on that? Uh, that, that that's what the rumors are all over. Is that, that no one quite understands who the brokers are, what they do, how they do it, and what they really want. Um, they, they're, they're a very mysterious organization and I okay. hope we will find out more about them in the future. Oh, okay. All right. So, so basic stuff is covered, places to sit, things to eat, that kind of thing. Just, uh, if you're going and looking for some sort of a, you know, four star, you know, five crystal uh, level experience that let's say Velmic w- might review it at, at five crystals, y- you're not going to necessarily find that. Not, not even in Oribos, because v- Velmic spoke rather highly of Oribos. 
Well, Orbos has all of the services that you need, certainly. It's a well-appointed city, very, um, very diverse. Um, but I don't know that there are, again, there are places to sit and eat and talk to your friends. But I don't believe there are any in-rooms or... Um, Unless the brokers are hiding something. Okay. <laughs> there is no place to kind of settle down and make a place for yourself. Okay. So you could catch a cat nap in a chair in a cafe somewhere or something like that, but don't go looking for but overnight accommodations. I think that's what we're hearing. Right. Unless okay. you want to sleep on the on the cement, on the hard rock floor. Oh dear. Not my not my no, thank you. I'm I'm more than happy to stay here in, in Half-Hill. That's kind of why I hang out here, because I am into creature comforts. So, yep. <laughs> and we uh, here in Pandaria are spoiled when it comes to creature comforts. Kind of. Kind of. Yes. So you uh, have had this experience in the Shadowlands. Uh, there are, you know, we've heard the discussion, uh, Velmic has brought back stories and, and our other correspondents has, have come back with stories of the various regions of the Shadowlands. Um, was there one area in particular from your particular area of expertise that seemed more interesting, more fruitful, someplace you're going to go back to, maybe write your next book about? Well, I have found a place where I think I'm going to do my next research project. Um, but let me talk about some of the places I decided not to do research in. Oh, perfect. Um, Great. Yes. Um, not that there's anything wrong with them. They just were not as suitable for my purposes as the, the place I've actually chosen. Um, let me start with, um, because there's a lot, a lot of various kinds of, uh, various kinds of technology all around the Shadowlands and a lot of it's very different than the sorts of things that we use in Azer, the rest of you know, in Azeroth so, because there's so many different races who brought things in there um, but one has to choose when one's doing research and so um, I, I'm not going to pursue some of these other ones until possibly in the future. Sure. Um, Take Ardenweald, for example. Okay. A beautiful, beautiful place with um, many, many lovely races who've created a sort of a, a paradise in terms of the beauty of the place. Uh, you just kind of walk around or ride around and just are constantly going, the colors, the colors here, the, the shapes of the plants and the trees are wonderful. <laughs> Hang on up. I'm going to stop you right there. You didn't get into some of those mushrooms that Velma experienced when he was there, did you? No, and there's an interesting thing about mushrooms that may have been missed in that discussion. Okay, go ahead. In that we, we say they, but actually the mushrooms are a single, all parts, components um, of a single being. Really? Yes, uh, a creature named Marasmius. And all the mushrooms that we see are elements of this great being. Um, they, there's connections underground that spread out uh, from the central location. And um, 
allow adventurers to travel from one point to another fairly quickly, but we, we, we see them as individual beings around, but they're not really. So, so is this just in Ardenweald or is this throughout Azeroth that all mushrooms are one mushroom? Well, if you look at the, the, um, natural history of mushrooms, the biology of mushrooms, you will find that they are often very connected to each other. Um, most of the, the mushroom patches or circles that you see are one plant, which is largely underground and is you know, just poking branches of itself up above the ground. So, yes, that's kind of true all over. And the, the one in Ardenweald is simply a large-scale version of ordinary mushrooms. Uh, okay, so I, I, I'm a big fan of mushrooms in in my food. Should I be reevaluating that? Given, I mean, I don't want to think that I'm eating marasmius. Do I need, <laughs> is this something that me and listeners need to be concerned about? <laughs> well, I certainly wouldn't want to eat any mushrooms in Ardenweald. But we have no reason to think that all of the mushrooms here on Azeroth are sentient beings. It's possible okay. that they are. It's very possible. Okay. And, but and we your don't experience. Have any evidence of that yet. So okay. it's more like plucking the fruit off a tree. If you're comfortable with that, you're probably comfortable with eating mushrooms. Okay. So, so we got that straightened out. So, and, and your experience with these mushrooms have nothing to do with this transcendent experience you had in Arden Wheel with colors and shapes. <laughs> that's just what it looks like. <laughs> yes, that's just what it looks like. You do not have to be on any kind of hallucinogenic to see the beauty there, although it kind of feels like you are. Okay. All right. So now I've heard it twice. I've heard it once from Velmic. I've heard it once from you. I guess I'll I guess I'll buy it. So so it's a beautiful place, but you've You've let it off first on your list of why it's not an area of interest to you research-wise. Well, most of the activity that goes on there is based upon very organic structures and processes rather than mechanical ones. I see. There's a lot of kind of ma magic or quasi-magic um, of the, the uh, druid sort. Um, and... The only thing that you can sort of compare to agriculture is their nurturing of seed pods, which actually turned out to have souls located in them. So, and the technology that supports that nurturing of souls is kind of, you know, half magical and half organic. And so while I would be fascinated to learn more about it, it just doesn't quite fit into the area of research that I do. I see. Okay. I'll leave so, that to, to someone more qualified. Okay. Probably somebody from the, uh, the academy at uh, Dalaran. Sounds like that would be a good place of research for them. Yeah. Although it's more druid based. Oh, magic okay. than 
mage kind of magic. Ah, uh, okay. So m- maybe like um, uh, uh, the um, Thunderbluff A and M, like somebody out of Thunderbluff A and M. Possibly, possibly. Oh, okay. Or, All right. I mean, certainly would have been someone from Teldrassil who would have been interested in that uh, sort of thing in the old in, old yeah. days. Yeah, and un- unfortunately, yeah, that, that's almost too sad to even think about. Yes. So Ardenweald is out. There's a couple other yes. regions. Yes. Uh, Maldraxxus. Kind of a dreary place, Maldraxxus. Um, lots of lots of technologies going on there. A very uh, viable field for someone interested in the, the impacts of technology on people's lives. But not... Not the sort of thing that I'm really interested in. Let me give you one example. In the house, what's called the House of Constructs, for example, they put together pieces of various bodies to make, I don't know if one would want to call them living creatures, but at least creatures that are able to move around and perform tasks. Ew. Um, Many of them are, are kind of, in my opinion grotesque looking and not too pleasant to look upon. And I would, um, I think, be quite depressed if I spent a lot of time there following up on their technologies. It's not the sort of place I would want to spend months or years researching. You know, I find it fascinating that that is where Velmic's cousin Demesis and her wife Tilly, that's actually where they got married. And and yes. now that you're describing it to me, I'm, and I heard Velmic talk about it, but oh, gross. I, I I'm, I'm surprised they didn't choose a prettier place like Ardenweald. But hey, yeah. you know, love is what I, love is, right? Yes, I, it seemed to be a matter of convenience more than aesthetic appeal for them. They okay, All they right. wanted to get married, and there they were. So not not the most romantic of places. Okay. All right. So Ardenweald, too much magic. Maldraxxus, too much gross. Uh... <laughs> yes. Revendreth. Revendreth. Again, um, many wonderful technologies there. Um, they, they have carriages, um, which will take you from place to place. Uh, oh, they use elevators and mirrors oh, extensively. Well, oh, wait a minute. We have... I mean, wheeled transport. I mean, what what is special about the carriages in in Revendreth? Is there something special about them, or? Well, they have no drivers. They are some powered, you know, somehow by um, some energy source and are self. They navigate themselves around the the city. So that's interesting. Not a terribly sophisticated technology, but but there's a lot of them and, and you have to look out for them because they will run right over you if you are standing in their way. Wow, self-driving carriages. That sounds like the sounds like something that would come out of the head of a madman. I'm not sure I would trust that at all. My gosh. I, mean, oh, I, I think those would be quite wonderful. One could actually work while one was traveling rather than having to do your own navigation. 
Well, given that I'm not a big fan of work to begin with, I guess you and I'll just have to <laughs> agree to disagree on that one and move on. So Yes, and that may be another topic we have to discuss privately. Oh, dear. Oh, that your, was a dumb joke ethic. to tell. Oh, golly, gee, what am I thinking? Okay, let, let's get back on topic. Okay. So, Revendreth, um, many uses of technology, but yes. doesn't and quite but, fit? Um, yes, as you say, um, we we also have carriages and elevators and mirrors in Revendreth, and although they make more use of them, extensive use of them, um, they're not that different from what we are used all over Azeroth, so that didn't interest me particularly. The one thing that did... Um, they have some creatures who are called, referred to as dredgers. Okay. And from what I understand, they are made from muck pools using filth and fiber in some kind of alchemy process to, they're created through that that process. Uh, they're a little hard to describe. They're a form of elemental, but the um, Venthyr have somehow mastered that process and have dredgers all over their, their major cities that do all of the work huh. of running the cities. So they've actually used their technology to create like a laboring class? They have. They have indeed. Huh. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. And you say so they're made from mud. Thing. In muck pools. Ah, okay. Not not exactly mud. Oh, okay. But muck. Okay. I was a little worried because I was afraid Mudmug was going to hear about this and, you know, he was going to find <laughs> that bridge between you know, the, the ale he produces and, the, you know, the, who knows what we were going to end up with in Pandaria. So, so muck. Yeah, and, muck. Okay. All right. Yes. And, you know, I mean, there certainly is a lot of muck in Pandaria with all the animals around, but they've used it in quite a different way than we do here. Okay. All right. So again, a fascinating technology, but but alchemy has not been my one of my fields of interest, so I would have to spend a great deal of time learning about the nature of the technology. I see. Um, and also the, and again, since I'm interested in the effects of the technology on the lives of the people who use those technologies, um, that sort of relationship is well documented in other areas. There are a great many places where there are class structures with one class using another to do all of the labor. Uh, so unfortunately, I yes. Sort of did not want to get into all of that area. Sure, I you know we're we're gonna uh, we're gonna move off of Revendreth in a second, but um, you said that these dredgers were um, created using uh, alchemical processes. Yes, if I recall correctly, it there's a isn't there an alchemist in uh, one keg? Yes, there is. I, have you told Have you told the alchemist there? Uh, I can't remember his name. Golly, I've been up there. His, you grew up uh, on his alchemist Yuan. 
yes, a dear, uh, yes. dear, yeah, dear, dear friend of mine. Um, one of the people I spent a great deal of time with as I was, you know, growing up as a child, who, who certainly allowed me to observe his work and learn something about the basics of alchemy. But it's not something I pursued. Um, I do look forward to talking with him about the dredgers and how they might, um, how that process might actually work. Huh. I'll be interested to hear his reaction when you get a t- when you get a chance to talk to him. Yeah. So, Revendreth, that leaves us with just their four regions. My understanding. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, Bastion, and that leaves us with? Yes. Bastion uh, is the last one. Uh, Bastion is another beautiful place, uh, mostly in pastels, but with, you know, lovely shades. Um, many areas with uh, lots of plants and grass that grows in a way that suggests it would make wonderful agricultural land. I I sort of picture it dotted with farms, but they just aren't there. <laughs> Okay. Just these fields of what looked like wheat blowing around or some kind of grasses blowing around. Um, very beautiful and very productive of a lot of wildlife. A lot of um, amazing animals uh, live there as well. Um, I'm, I'm a little uneasy about the political structure of Bastion. Um, there are those who refer to it is a cult, but they also are friendly and generous and helpful people. So I am hoping that I can do some kind of negotiations with them to be able to do the kind of research I want to do. Okay. So I, I just want to, by way of full disclosure, the, the, um, the Ascended, I believe it was, was the Ascended, um, did give us some grant money to help support the Half Hill Report. This was during our brief experiment with getting rid of advertising and using grant money exclusively. That didn't work out great. Um, and they were in the ad copy that they sent, they were quick to point out that they're totally not a cult. Yes. Um, which would be a characteristic of many cults. Okay, so all right, so their denial doesn't hold a lot of weight with you. Okay, yeah, it doesn't. Um, they also have a hierarchical structure. There are uh, is a race there that are known as stewards, who again do much of the work, all of the work. I don't think I ever saw a Kyrian do any kind of actual labor. Um, the stewards are, are a little difficult to understand. Um, they seem to be, again, a combination of some sort of magic and technology. Okay. So what what has drawn you to Bastion then? It, we, we, the Bastion is this. It seems by process of elimination, this is the area that seems to be the most interesting to you from a research standpoint. Uh, there's an area in Bastion um, called the Eternal Forge, 
And that's where they create centurion constructs. Okay. They're anima-fueled automatons. Not sentient beings, but able to be controlled by the Kyrians, or they are able to share the skills for controlling them with, with the adventurers. Uh, oh. They're built by the stewards, and they help to train the Kyrian aspirants as well as defend, helping to defend Bastion from the um, yeah, their enemies. They're enemies. Okay. So so this is this is so this sounds like it's right up your street, even though it doesn't seem to be related to agricultural at all agricultural at all. This right. is uh th- but this is applied technology. Right. I, I had to give up on the agricultural aspects. There just simply wasn't enough to do research on that I know of. It may be as I learn more about the Shadowlands, there will be some things that I've overlooked. But at the moment, I really didn't see enough agriculture to do any research on. Um, these constructs actually take me back to my early days in mechatronics. Uh, uh- Wow, because so you, you kind of came full circle, didn't you? I did. I, I did. I, I'm going to. Um, they're, they're fueled by anima, which is the life force of the Shadowlands. Um, I'm sure you've heard a lot about that already. Um, but they are clearly a combination of the different types of, of engineering mechanical and electronic to to keep them moving. And so I'm very interested in learning more about them and how they're made and who who controls them and when and then getting to my central interest of how they affect the lives of the people in Bastion. So you really have come full circle. Yes. Yes, I have. That is that is astounding. I would not have guessed that coming into this interview. No, it uh, it seems like a perfect match for the skills that I've acquired over the years in various ways. Uh, it seems like the perfect project for the Shadowlands. So, and and it's also the sort of thing that I can probably get funding for. And as I say, I have to negotiate with the Kyrians to get permissions and. Um, that sort of thing, but I, I think I will be able to work those out. Well, I, I, I know I will be very interested to hear about once your once your forthcoming book on Stormsong Valley comes out. Uh, I know I and our listeners will be very interested to hear uh, about your research and your your next book. That sounds like it's going to be about Bastion and the well, Centurions I there. Hope so I certainly hope so. Well, you came full circle in your story. Uh, that brings us, I think, to a good closure point for this interview. You've been so generous with your time. I know you're probably very busy. Um, there is one thing I would like to deal with before we wrap the interview up today. Yes. Um, and I think this is something we're both aware of. There have been rumors 
about a relationship between you and I that would go beyond, let's say, faculty advisor student. And I would like both of us just to publicly make it clear to everyone, to our listeners, to our fans, that there is no relationship beyond this academic relationship between Professor Talib and Tash Mafuni. Precisely. We have a very professional relationship. That's okay. I just, you know, because of some of our travels together, uh, because of some of our experiences together, this rumor is out there. Uh, I know it was creating a little bit of controversy here at Half-Hill Ag, uh, and I know those things can be kind of touchy. So I just wanted to deal with this publicly and on the air. You, you are, as I'm sure you're aware, a unique student, uh, particularly here at Half Hill Ag. And so I have extended opportunities to you that I might not have extended to some of my other students. But we but all of those trips have been on a very professional basis and and as you say that uh, I would like to make it very clear to people that that is our relationship fantastic i'm so glad we got that out in public and and I just got that dispensed with right away and we can talk more about it over dinner later tonight well professor it's <laughs> just been it's just been wonderful wonderful having you here you you um uh, you've been so generous with your time. I know that you want to talk to me after the show uh, about my academic progress, and I'm not looking forward to that. But uh, once we stop recording, uh, you can deliver whatever bad news you're going to have to deliver to me. And uh, thank you so much for being on the show and taking and taking your time like this. It's been a pleasure. I've I've enjoyed it. Now, we have a little tradition on the show here. I'm sure you've heard us talk about it. Uh, we invite our listeners to make their own turnip, which means, of course, uh, pursue your own destiny, create your own happiness. Uh, so I would like to take, I would, I would love to extend to you the final word uh, and to invite our list, say whatever you want to say and invite our, uh, our listeners to make their own turnip. I would like to invite you, Tash Mifuni, to make your own turnip particularly in expanding your horizons. Okay. There you go, everybody. Make your own turnip. Thank you for listening. The Half Hill Report is a fan-created fictional radio broadcast based on World of Warcraft. All place names, character names, and music from World of Warcraft used in the Half Hill Report are the exclusive property of Blizzard Entertainment. World of Warcraft is a trademark or registered trademark of Blizzard Entertainment Inc. in the U.S. and other countries. No copyright or trademark infringement is intended by the Half Hill Report. If you would like to reach us, you can find us on Twitter at Half Hill Report 
or drop us an email at halfhillreport at yahoo.com.